Hello humans, it's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show number 122. That's 122 episodes of us, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes, and with me as always is Josh. Hello, hello. So if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcast.com. And you can get us on Twitter at NotArobotComics and on Instagram, NARComicBooks. And if you feel like supporting us, visit BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash NARPodcasts. And we have our very own Discord server, and with some support, you can find your way into the server to talk all things geek with us and other fans. So for today's books, we are looking at Tim Drake Robin number 3, Punchline the Gotham Game number 2, Harley Quinn number 24, Dark Crisis, The Dark Army, number one, Deathstroke, Inc., number 13, Detective Comics, number 1066, Action Comics, number 1049, and a few honorable mentions as well. But before we get into that, let's get into some news. What's going on in your neck of the woods, Josh? Oh, you know, um, not a whole lot. Uh, taking care of, taking care of some things, and uh, the family's off having thanksgiving it's a little easier for me to not go this year because i had a seizure a few days back i had all the good news i've been having lately but uh um that's about it uh, i i did get i did get one piece of news um about the flash movie that was uh probably the first time the first piece of good news that I've heard about the Flash movie since I heard that it was being created. <laughs> uh, yeah. But apparently, a whole lot of the reason that it was moved from December till June for its release date is the uh, the technology that they're using in order to uh, reproduce several people on the screen at one time. It's apparently brand new technology. Oh, right. And they're saying that it is going to change filmmaking in the same way that James Cameron's Avatar did. I mean, they say that, but I'll admit I had a better 3D experience with Jackass 3 than I did with Avatar. <laughs> so, Fair enough. We'll see about that. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I did hear about that, though. That sounds really interesting. Uh, I'm yeah. curious how how this technology is going to revolutionize filmmaking, but Cause if I. it's anything like the trailer, just looks like green screened in, you know, like the classic. You know, Ezra's in one scene, and then you know he does it again as another character, and just yeah, botch and it together. Apparently, that's supposed that's supposed to not be the case, but interesting. Know. Cloning, they've perfected cloning, and Hollywood was the first ones to do it. Now there's two Ezra Millers out in the world. Lord help us all. Beings too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's an actual conspiracy theory that's out on the internet. Is that there's two Avril Beans? One punk, one (laughs) bubblegum. No. uh, (laughs) No. uh, One, one real, one clone. Interesting. What? Why though? Where where did that come from? (laughs) So weird. I have no idea. Some some fucking weird ass scale grabs that that people are comparing shit. But I've I've actually it's a it's a it's a strong conspiracy theory on the internet that the 
original Avril Lavigne is is dead and gone, and and who sh- and the one that's around now is actually her replacement, clone replacement. Look I mean, it, it has up. to be I a promise, perfect clone because she looks exactly the same. <laughs> According to these people, she doesn't, which I wow. mean, fucking bonkers, but. Yeah, I think some I'm skater boys have hit their heads theory. too hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, their lives sure are complicated. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'll be here all week, folks. At least until the end of the episode. Uh, okay, so... That's a long we actually. Episode. <laughs> we actually did have some DC announcements this, or I guess last week, because uh, they always tend to put the, the solicits out the day after we record on the third week of the month. So we never get to talk about it until it's been almost a full week. Uh, so most of the internet has definitely heard about this by now, but Dawn of DC has been uh, almost fully announced. It's it's actually happening. It's not just a fever dream of Joshua Williamson's for issue seven of, of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's actually happening, and it will be a year-long storytelling initiative, according to the DC press release. Uh, not necessarily a banner, not an event. It will be an initiative, and it will follow a year-long, uh, potentially uh, connecting storyline following Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths and Lazarus Planet. And it will feature a bunch of new directions and new books coming out with new creative teams on a bunch of characters that we have not seen in a long time, such as the Unstoppable Doom Patrol, which is being written by Dennis Culver and drawn by Chris Burnham. I'm looking that's coming forward to in that. March. Yeah, that's going to be good. Uh, Superboy the Man of Tomorrow, which was last year's round robin winner, is finally coming, and it is going to drop in... Uh, where was it here? I believe it's also March. I'm on the wrong article because the other article I was reading had solicits in it. Um, but that is coming one, next year. The one oh, thing April. That I do like about this. It remain the dawn of the DCU shit remains to be seen. Um, hopefully, it's a fresh starting point. Hopefully, it's a good place for people to get in to start reading comics again. Uh, a a good point where a lot of the things are just re- quickly re-cemented and can go from there and it's like a brand new DC universe yeah. that they're not going to fuck with within five years. <laughs> oh, let's and, face it. That's and, gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the one thing that I do like about it is that they aren't slamming us with all of the titles that are coming out. It's yeah. We're getting quite a few of the titles that are coming out, but then also there's a bunch of minis that are peppered throughout the year rather than everything being, boom, shoved down your throat. Here, go spend $500 for each. Exactly. Creationist. Damn it. <laughs> they do exist, and God help your wallet. Uh, and, hey, GLC fans, we're finally eating good, folks. Oh. We're back, boys. The core is alive. We're getting not one, but two books next year. I'm so excited. It's It's been a long time coming. Uh, we're getting oh, Green yeah. Lantern Hal Jordan and Green Lantern John Stewart, uh, with Hal Jordan dropping in April and John Stewart 
uh, dropping at a later date yet to be announced. But the interesting parts for me, the, the most interesting parts, is the Hal Jordan book is being written by Mariko Tamaki with an artist yet to be announced, which I think is a very like interesting choice, considering her writing style to me doesn't seem to really fit Hal Jordan very well, but I'm very excited to see how it flows. But I think it could I think it could fit veteran Hal um maybe hell stepping down a little bit or reflecting a little bit on his age and the things that he's done he's done and stuff uh like tamaki did in dark detective if she was to take that approach with it i think there could be some good stories there not like him retiring or anything but just him dealing with where he's at and how long he's been around and etc yeah yeah that could be cool and uh, John Stewart is artist again yet to be announced, but it is being written by none other than Philip Kennedy Johnson, who mm. is not leaving Action Comics, his, his amazing run on Action Comics. He's not leaving that book anytime soon. As he stated on, I believe on Twitter, it is a, a pride from my cold dead hands kind of situation. So he has no plans to ever leave Action Comics. Uh, but screen cap, it is actually a quote. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that Love makes it. me so happy. Yeah, uh, I I'm super excited to see what he can do with John Stewart, though, considering all the the fun stuff. I say fun stuff, but War World was kind of kind of uh, hectic. <laughs> uh, to all the all the stuff he's done with Kal-El, I cannot wait to see what he does with John Stewart. I think it'll all uh, depend on the voice he gives you. Yeah. Uh, another couple of smaller books we have Shazam is coming and this is back on Billy Batson uh, so we'll see what happens with Mary Marvel going forward but Billy Batson will be back in Sh as Shazam but he will be at the Rock of Eternity and it is apparently now a time machine it could travel through space and time and he is doing the whole booster gold effect from Jeff Johns run in the late 2000s so we're going to see how that plays out. That is being written and drawn by Mark Wade and Dan Mora, the world's finest team. And I don't just mean uh, the Batman Superman world's finest team. They are the world's finest team. <laughs> God damn, they make magic. <laughs> so that's exciting. Hey, we got that. Uh, and Takitani. Takitani is going to be back. I'm so excited about that. Takitani, when I was a kid, was one of my favorite characters. <laughs> it's just this, this cat that turned into a tiger. Oh. Well, yeah, and I uh, see a lot of people have forgotten, and this is how memorable it was. In John, in John's last Shazam run, he had Takitani uh, yeah. as, as a character. And everybody's it like, it's been it's been forever. Well, no, he's just, the last time he was there, it just wasn't all that fucking great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, is he my cyborgs? dad? No, he's not my dad. He might be my dad. I don't think he's my dad. Is he my dad? I don't know. Let's go fight in this dude's year. <laughs> that, that, that sounds that was, about right. That, that was the entire well. John's run of Shazam. <laughs> yeah. I do like how it ended, though, with the, the, the tease about Black Adam, which is really just like a like a prophecy that, that say it's not necessarily teased for an upcoming story it's just kind of nice like one day billy you're gonna bring Balak adam to the family and he will be your seventh member like oh that's that's kind of nice that's kind of nice i like that it's gonna take some growth on his part <laughs> yeah well hell you know 
it's it's kind of happened a little bit already <laughs> with Eddie with young Black Adam, but we'll see. Uh, we are getting another Cyborg series dropping in May with a uh, talent team that has yet to be revealed. Batman Brave and the Bold is making return, uh, featuring top writers and artists including Tom King, Mr. Ads, uh, Guillaume March, Gabriel Hardman, Dan Mora, Rob Williams, and more. It will be it's hard to tell if it's going to be a, like a compilation book or if it's going to be like a different creative team each issue with Batman teaming up with somebody else, which I'm not against. I think that'd be interesting. Keep it like the, the simple 20 or 30 page story and just have a different team as a whole. The only recurring factor being Batman every issue. I think that'd be interesting. But the first cover, though, has Joker on it, which is it doesn't bode well so far. Uh, and finally, the announcements we got uh, is Green Arrow being written by Joshua Williamson with art from Sean Kizakazi. I hope I spelled See, this that is, or This is what right. we get for asking for a Green Arrow book. Yeah. <laughs> now, as, as, much as, as much as I agree with you there, it's it also kind of follows the, the plot threads that uh, Joshua Williamson has been setting throughout his writing recently with all the Green Arrow characters he, he's popped in, with Roy and uh, Connor Hawk, and then his story with Ollie and Dark Crisis being just utterly decimated by Doomsday. Uh, you got like a five-year plan? Apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, my issue with this that is that... That should be good. The yeah. last five-year plan he had was fantastic. <laughs> Wait, which five-year plan was that? The last five-year plan. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't bring that up. Uh, um, yeah, the, the issue I've got with it, I have with it so far is that Oliver Queen, like I said, was just destroyed by Doomsday. Like, literally smushed before Pariah did anything. So he was already dead. And that is, and it shows now when we saw Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth number six, he did not come back with the rest of the league because realistically he's dead. Despite the fact that this series going forward will be about Oliver Queen being lost somewhere and his family is determined to find him, so the entire Arrow family, including Mia Queen, is making a return, uh, will be going across, I assume, the multiverse looking for Oliver, uh, which I, I think is going to be interesting. That drops in April. Now, that is just a small taste of a lot of books to come. They said uh, they did announce that there will be 20 books over the course of the year, and they had a little poster that showed some books dropping up until we can only assume, I think, is May, and then the rest of the year was kind of shadowed. Uh, so we do have some stuff coming in the future, and it's very exciting to see what's going to happen in 2023. I can't wait. But another thing they announced actually this week, I believe two days ago, is actually happening next month in Action Comics number 1050. I will not tell you folks what it is because you've probably already seen it, but if you haven't, I'm not going to spoil it because they basically spoiled a plot thread from Action 1050. Um, if you want to know what it is, not. it's very easy to find. Just Google Action Comics number 1050, uh, Superman and, and or Clark and John, and you will find out what it is very easily. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised they dropped it now as opposed to like three months ago or two months ago when the solicit dropped but here we are it's, it's weird timing 
but it's also I, I'm I'm always on the fence about these kind of press releases that they they do this because it it spoils what may or may not be a major plot to the book. So when you read it, you're like, well, there goes the fucking surprise. At the same time, it's supposed to be a draw to bring people in that wouldn't have necessarily read it in the first place, but they think, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to read it now. Maybe yeah, the sales figures actually speak well for that because they haven't stopped doing this in the past, I don't know, 15 freaking years. But for people that are already reading the book, I think it's it's a bit of a draw, a bit of a letdown. What do you think about that, Josh? Do you hate those press releases, or do you? Me personally, I can't them? stand the solicits. It, it, they yeah. drive me crazy. DC is absolutely horrible with them because they just they spoil every the, they they spoil every fucking plot. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's like a friend walking into the movie that you just sat down and. You're about 20 minutes into, and they're like, oh, hey, I remember this, this, and boom, like that. Tell you everything yeah. that happens, because it's the same damn thing. And then it's all over the internet. You can't avoid it. Guys are haters. It's like, yeah. keep some secrets, you know? Yeah. We need a solicit that says, on August 3rd, Batman number 798 is coming out. This is its description. It's Batman number 798. Batman does don't tell me what Don't tell me what's going to happen in it. <laughs> yeah. Keep me guessing. Or maybe like keep the solicits maybe not three months ahead. Because that's you, you get spoiled very easily to what's going on in the middle of the story you're currently reading. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not great. Uh, I, like no, a month ahead might be too short. Two months ahead might be a sweet spot. I don't know. Yep. A lot less spoilers, I think. I don't know. It's it's yeah. The comics industry is is it's got its ups and downs. <laughs> anyway, that's that's about you all the news I've got. Again. Yeah. Yeah, that's about everything that I've got too. And honestly, uh, going on to our next section there, the honorable mentions. I actually only managed to read couple this uh this week i I still gotta make it through the other ones um batman the audio adventures number three dc versus vampires 11 and sergeant rock versus the army of the dead number three all three were really good um didn't get a chance to check out gilded city uh human target or dc mag oh or batman fortress but i'm oh man am i looking forward to that I, I'm tempted on Batman Fortress now only because Shipley's in it, or is it Badge? I, I don't know. It's one of the one of the Chipmunk Squirrel Green Lanterns. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested simply because of that. Proceed at your own peril. Yeah, certainly not. Uh, yeah. So that's that's honorable mentions. Uh, quite a lot of. <laughs> quite a lot of books and honestly the the ones that I didn't read are, are usually pretty damn skimmable so yeah. they're 
I've yeah. only read DC versus Vampires out of out of the so far that the honorable mentions, which I'm still really enjoying. Uh, mm-hmm. Sergeant Rock, I'm really excited about. DC Mech Number Five, I'm excited about, but I'm a mech head, so. Yeah, that'll be that's gonna be my next one. Man, the audio adventures books are pretty fun. I, I should check those out. I've been curious about those. You should definitely. They look do interesting. That. Is that based off what the the old uh, radio adventures from like the forties and fifties? Yes, sir. Right on. I should definitely check. I that know, out. right? Fun times. Okay, so with that out of the way, we're going to move on to a quick bites. Um, I don't know if you've had lunch yet, but we're going to feed you anyway. And we're going to start off with Tim Drake Robin number three. Uh, this is written by Megan Fitzmartin with art from Riley Rosmo, colors from Lee Lothridge, and letters from Tom Napolitano. Uh, so very simply, Tim Drake, picking up where we left off last issue, is being attacked by a bunch of Robins, all of his sibling Robins, including Stephanie Brown. Uh, but they seem to be clay-based, or at least he thinks they're clay-based, uh, potentially made by Clayface. And after systematically taking each one down by exploiting their weaknesses, because they are pretty much exact duplicates of the Robins that are already uh, existing, he knows how to take down each member of the family, and he hates that aspect about himself. Uh, so he does, uh, and most of them get caught by the police, for some reason, yet the Jason Todd clay figure gets away, goes back to its, I guess, boss, creator, leader, whichever, um, realizes that uh, he failed and, and says he didn't realize that um, this uh, stuff or whatever it is would burn onto his skin. So it may or may not be an actual person. And just then, uh, something that may or may not be Clayface crashes out of a bathtub. It was really weird, uh, really odd. Uh, what is even happening anymore? I am so lost. Are we doing a mystery? Is there a villain? Is there not? Is any of this connected whatsoever? Or is it just a bunch of shit happening for the sake of having a book? And, and for that matter... Check. When it all starts out with things called the chaos monsters that hunt high school students i mean come the fuck on you cannot expect it to get any better (laughs) that's like looking forward to a wonder woman book knowing that psychic fucking evil psychic milk is coming or may return at any moment (laughs) oh wonder woman just know better My, my biggest issue with this issue is uh, at the end, Tim is left with the Dick Grayson copy, uh, who somehow gets beefed up to Bane-like levels uh, and takes him down very, very easily by using his acrobatics against him, and then goes on to say that uh, the biggest downfall each Robin has is that they are still looking for the... Uh, approval from Bruce all of them are still uh, most of all Dick to which myself love me. and Brandon <laughs> and I believe you were in on this Josh too uh, no we fucking don't when did that happen they stopped that years ago yeah, there's been so not, many stories like to say no no they're decades. good 
Yeah. Dick has not looked for approval since 1984. I think that was when he became Nightwing. Like, Jason stopped looking for approval when he was killed by the Joker. Tim stopped looking... Tim was never looking for freaking approval, let's face it. He was only there because he felt Bruce needed a Batman, or, or Batman needed the Robin, rather. He was never looking for approval from Bruce. He was there because he felt Bruce needed a friend. Stephanie, I, I I can't really comment on Stephanie. She was Robin for like two hours. Um, and Damien? <laughs> like, Damien, all right. Uh, Damien, maybe. But he's also gone through so many lengths to go out on his own and prove himself to himself and not look for approval from anybody else. He was such a cocky kid in the first place. He's never needed approval from anyone to do what he does. So what no. the hell is this about? In the, I mean, with the, the with the story that he's going on now and the character building that's been happening, he's past wanting um, Bruce or Talia's blessings or admiration. Yeah. So yeah, no, he's all fucking done with that shit. Nope. Yep. Nobody wants to be like Daddy. Nope. So I don't know. Bad, I, bad dad. Bad, that part. Bad dad. <laughs> that part kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but uh, what can you do? Uh, honestly, four point five out of ten. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> gladly. <laughs> That's what you can do. Yeah. Uh, so I, I gave this issue a four point five out of ten, and I think that might be a little too high. Even still, <laughs> like the only thing that brought me back is is I I enjoy some of Rosmo's art. That's just me. <laughs> I don't like his Tim Drake. I don't like. Okay, let me clarify. I don't like the head of Tim Drake. The costume, I think, is drawn really well. The head is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, four, maybe. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, the story here wasn't exceptionally bad if you compare it to the rest of the very bad stories that have been written so far. Um, <laughs> they... Uh, I'm definitely not a fan of the way that the voices are written. The dialogue is 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 not right, and you can feel it while you're reading it. Um, and of course, Rob Rob brought up uh, Rosmo here. So I mean, I I did, dude. I had to check at three different points at how much longer I had to go before I was done looking at this <laughs> at this travesty of art. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, this the story isn't even a, 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 like a just a comic book story. It it's it's great characters and very subpar situations. Um, the whole action scene, I had to keep reminding myself that we worked in the middle of some trippy dream sequence that he was having. That's how distracting the art was and how un involved I was with the story I wasn't I just wasn't into it um, this is definitely not a redeeming effort Tim deserves way more than this um, it's kind of like watching creatives just shit all over Wally West for years there's a great character don't know what to do with him so just put him through a fucking blender um, that's how I feel about this anyway 4 out of yeah. 10 right on yeah well, one thing's for sure, uh, that issue was a joke, and with a joke, Absolutely. you definitely get a punchline. <laughs> uh, but don't. Well, <laughs> 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 Maybe.
making my way. Uh, so yeah, the next issue we're looking at is Punchline, the Gotham game number two, and I'm going to hand it over to Josh. I got it. Um, written by Teeny and Blake Howard, art from Gleb Melnikoff and Will Robson, Louis Guerrero on colors and lettering from Justin Birch, wrapped in a cover from Melnikoff. It is a pretty one, too. Batman is all of a sudden taking an interest in Punchline after, what, like two fucking years? And he has decided, of course, that he's going to go after her alone. Uh, meanwhile, carrying over from last week's Catwoman, Iko and ha the Hasegawa clan are at the docks, and uh, Punchline's royal flush gang is there to take it over, picking fights. Things aren't looking good for the clan, and when that's when Batman shows up just a little too late to stop Punchline from stabbing Eco. Uh, she, uh, he rushes her out of there, and he tells Punchline that he's not fun to play with, even if the Joker said he was, and that Eco better live, and if not, that Eco better live, and she better hope so, uh, and if not. Um, if, if not hope so because of Batman, then then know that she should hope so because of Catwoman. Uh, so Batman, it, the very, very strange uh, dialogue from Batman there, in my personal opinion. Um, but I guess maybe they're just really trying to lay on the love that Batman has for Catwoman. So potentially there's that. Um the the art was great and for the first time in a long time I'm over here like hell yeah a good punchline story I do hope that they don't ditch Harper uh, been a consistent uh, part of the punchline story so far um, seeing Catwoman team up with uh, with punch uh, seeing Catwoman team up on the regular with like Harley and Bluebird I think that would be fucking yeah, that'd be cool. That would be real cool too. Bluebird don't mind, doesn't mind uh, riding the riding the rails there of the justice system. And uh, they just brought Black Alice, and I know I keep on bringing up Black Alice, or if you if you're not paying attention, I understand. But um, I, Black Alice is like one of my favorite side Gotham characters, and um, she's been brought into the to the to the Robin story so hopefully she shows back up in Gotham when that's all said and done and um, I would love to see her on that team too Catwoman, Harley, Bluebird, Black Alice there's probably a couple more you could get in there um, I think that would be awesome like so awesome uh, mm -hmm. the nails, the, the voice like I said is just slightly off of Batman but the art is fucking gorgeous I am definitely a fan of Teeny Howard I gave this an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, honestly, a big improvement for Punchline for a story, but somehow yeah. I just still can't care about the character. Like, I like every aspect of the story except for Alexis K for some reason. It's weird. I like it, but I don't at the same time. I don't hate Punchline. I'm just not sold on her. You know, she always still feels like a minor character, even if it's in her own book. It's really, really There's weird. nothing to her. There I really isn't. It's, it's, like an, it's, an, it's an empty character. 
Yeah. Well, look, a college girl decided that she was going to uh, see the Joker's bat and raise him. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I mean, there's just <laughs> no depth to it whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm running into it. It's like she's she's a character. She's there. She's causing mayhem. Doing it a little differently, but nothing groundbreaking. And like you said, I just I, I I'm. What's the word I'm looking for? Indifferent. I'm indifferent to whether or not she ever, if I ever, if like, if they just stopped making this book again, I would just forget that it was being made. Yeah. 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 Like, that's, that's a really good way to put it. I'm not against the book existing. I'm enjoying what I'm reading. But yeah, it's, it's exactly that. If it, if it stopped showing up, I wouldn't even realize it. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed this. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10, but Punchline is so meaningless of a character to me that yeah, I, w- I would just forget that the series was running. Yeah. Like, I also gave it an 8.5. I do hope that Punchline gets some kind of come up in this series. Maybe, mm-hmm. hopefully. <laughs> um, well, see, it, they are pulling in Catwoman. They are pulling in yeah. Harley. For sure. But is that just going to be a one-off fight and then that's it? Like, if if they gave her a purpose to go forward, like if she was the leader of the, the Royal Flush Gang from here on out, at least for the foreseeable future, that's that's something, at least, that could bring her into other books and make her relevant, as opposed to just somebody that wants to create chaos because the Joker did it. It's, it's really weird. That's a that's a very fair point. I, you know what? I, I'm I, I'm right there with you. I think that that is what they should do. Having her be the leader of the Royal Flush Gang helps lets her keep that identity that she's got, and um, it at least gives her something about her character. Yeah. All right. Well, that was one, I guess, ex-girlfriend of the Joker, and we're going to look at another ex-girlfriend of the Joker, and we're not talking about Chuckle. Is that his name? Chuckle. Wasn't that, like, one of those old goons that he always went to, like, way back in the day? I want to say it was Giggles and Gaggles. Oh, maybe. But I I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Giggles I'm probably wrong though. too. I know. I just know we had like a, a right hand person that was always some yeah. kind of laugh man. Either way, we're not going that far back. We're going to Harley Quinn. <laughs> we're just going to the '90s a little bit, uh, and we're gonna start off with issue number twenty-four. <clears throat> this is written by Stephanie Phillips with art from Matteo Lolly, colors from Rain Burrito, and letters from Andy World Design. Uh, so simply put, uh, Harley has kidnapped Victor Zaz because he has his pulse or he has his his ear to the his fing, his finger on the ear to the he knows what's going on in gotham when it comes to crime you get yeah. what i'm trying to say yeah <laughs> i i his, his botched the pulse, that the ear so to the ground yeah he's he's tongue to the flavor he can smell what the block is cooking <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> oh man oh, yeah that's a good way to put it <laughs> yeah so 
Gnarly has him tied up and, and gagged and then asks him a question and realizes he can't talk. So she rips the tape off because it's Harley Quinn. She's got to be a little bit silly. Uh, asking him who killed her. He doesn't know. So she says, look, help me find out. So they go on a little bit of a detective journey. Even though, uh, you know, Harley did promise to let him out. And she did, but still tied to the chair. She's now his Watson. Uh, she, he, he is now her Watson, rather. Uh, so they're on a case. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> they're at a crime scene where bodies have been dropped numerous times at the same place. Uh, and the killer shows up. Harley uh, narrowly escapes gunshot, gets into a kerfuffle with a person, recognizes some gloves, kerfuffle. and rips the cloak off to discover it is the Harley who laughs. Uh, no, that, that can't be right. That can't be right. Uh, the Quinn who smiled. No. The psychiatrist who giggled. I give up. I don't know. I don't know what the hell to call her. Oh, it's a Harley Quinn that looks like the Batman who laughs. If only because of chains, straps, and a weird spiky mask on the eyes. It's it's kind of horrific. Definitely the Harley who laughs. <laughs> but she already laughs. That's the thing. <laughs> that's that's why it's kind of, it's kind of weird <laughs> to say that. Uh, it is. I don't know the the and Harley who frowns. I don't know. Doesn't laugh. It's. Uh, I don't know. I'm very. I'm excited to find out what they're gonna call this character. <laughs> That's what I'm excited about. I'm. Hopefully I'm they're hoping gone this fast goes enough. We don't get a name. Good. It's not gonna go anywhere good, dude. First, the Batwoman who last shows up for absolutely no reason during the Infinite Frontier bullshit. Yeah. Batwoman who laughs, for fuck's sake. And now this is a part of the big arc for Harley. Come on. Come on. Didn't they understand the fans when they said no more Batman who laughs? They meant as a whole. <laughs> They're tired of the yeah. character as a whole. Yeah. Not All just iterations. <laughs> keep, keep his whole fucking family at home. Yeah. I, I At the end of the day, though, I, I am curious about this character. I... As much as I'm tired of the Batman who laughs, an idea of a Harley Quinn version kind of piques my curiosity in a way that I'm, I hope it's good. I don't have high hopes, but I am curious where it's going to go. Because yeah. honestly, the whole the whole arc so far has been interesting for me. I'm really hoping this isn't a downward spiral. Uh, <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Uh, for now, though, eight point five out of ten. I rather enjoyed it. Right on. Um, yeah, well, not dude. I'm, I'm like, I'm into this fucking story and shit. And then I get to that last fucking page, and it's the Harley who laughs. I mean, cue the fucking eye roll. Um, <laughs> I will say, first and foremost, the art is seriously good. I mean, top shelf art. I hope Lolly sticks around for a long time. I liked him on this book a lot. Especially with Barreto. Great team. Um, I was in it all the way to the last page, which I obviously am not a big fan of. But yeah. let's go from what was in this issue and not from what's probably coming. So I'm going to give this one a 7.75 out of 10 because it was a great book. Yeah. And, I mean, as, as, as absolutely aggravated as I am that that showed up, Harley Hoot laughs looks cool as shit. 
yeah <laughs> like it's actually a pretty interesting design it's very harley but very metal at the same time total metal yeah. <laughs> okay so that was our quick bites uh hope that was tasty uh some were maybe <laughs> some maybe not uh now we're going to shine a little bit of a spotlight onto the darkness uh yeah, I guess there's a better, there's no better place to shine a spotlight than on darkness, especially the great darkness, because uh, we're going to be looking at the Dark Crisis, the Dark Army, number one. <clears throat> this is written by Mark Wade and Delilah S. Darson and Dennis Culver, with art from Freddie E. Williams and Jack Herbert, with colors throughout from Adriana Lucas and letters from Troy Pateri, with a very nice cover from Gleb Melnikov. Uh, so this oversized 40-page issue uh, has... Uh, there's a reason there's a few different writers and artists. It, it goes through a few different phases. We open uh, during the big fight in Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth number 6 outside the Hall of Justice where the forces of evil and the great darkness are fighting the forces of good in the heroes of Earth. Uh, Robin, Damian Wayne, is tasked has tasked himself basically with uh, trying to find a team to go on a secret mission that he thinks can help turn the tide. Uh, he goes to John because John is his, is his first choice, but John says, now nah, he's needed here. He's leading this team. He can't just up and leave. But John says, look, take a small team, pick very carefully, do what you gotta do. But I gotta stay here. If I gotta fight Doomsday, I gotta fight Doomsday. So Damien reluctantly uh, gives John a hug uh, and says okay good luck and picks his team in uh power girl dr light and none other than everyone's favorite team character in dc sideways that's exciting i like sideways oh yeah i love Sideways. every time i see sideways brought up online it's nothing but praise like <laughs> it's exciting when sideways gets used I mean, it uh, might have been the. I don't remember the name of the the initiative the banner when his his book came out, but New I, Age of Heroes, I think. Was it? Yeah, New Age of Heroes. Yeah, that and the Terrifics, easily the best ones, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, I feel like the Terrifics if they worked them right, I feel like if they worked them right, Sideways could be DC's Spider Man. Oh yeah, and I think he's he's definitely created to be that, but he's not really used <laughs> which is a shame yeah pretty much all the books all the characters from that era are just gone which is a shame even silencer i really enjoyed silencer and she's just not used anymore which is a shame but i guess it's also fitting in the story silencer's been around just definitely not as much as i would hope to see um more than sideways though <laughs> yeah okay so that's your team of four uh, Robin uh, grabs them all together and tells Sideways to open a portal to their first destination but before they get to jump through the portal Robin sees Gerger lifting up a Mack truck and is about to crush some new hero uh, as he jumps and pulls her out of the way into the Sideways portal and they all land uh, most of them gracefully except for the new character who is Red Canary <clears throat> and they land in a subway system. Uh, trying to find out where they are, they eventually make their way up an escalator to find they are on Earth-53, and here we see the first 
uh, tide of the infinite multiverse is back. Because we will now be on the Earth 51 and 52 is now Earth 53, which is the ape Earth, if you remember from... I, I don't remember who... Was it Grant Morrison's Justice League? When they did the, the apes? I believe it yeah, was Grant Morrison, apes, yeah. Yeah, yeah of, of course Grant Morrison. <laughs> who else could come up with JL apes? <laughs> um, yeah, so they're there, but the Earth is very much dead. There's nothing but ape skeletons left laying around. Uh, but they they head off towards the destination they are there for, and it is none other than the Cosmic Tuning Fork, last seen, I believe, in Infinite Crisis. Maybe sooner. Yeah, no, was I think you might be right. Metal? Was it in Metal? I, think, I feel like it was in Metal, but I could be wrong. At least the last I remember is Infinite Crisis, and they do make reference to that numerous times where... Uh, Power Girl mentions how she was basically uh, locked into that and used as a power battery. You know what? I it think has it very... did show up in Death Metal, but it was, I think it was destroyed. Of course, everything that happened in Death Metal was ultimately inconsequential. But Yeah. yeah. Namely, uh, Dick and Babs getting married. You know. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> was a big point for those characters, damn it. I loved it. Anyway. Dick That's a book that fit business just so you know. Yeah, so Bob Dabs. <laughs> oh god. God. It's better than Dick. Right. There'd be too many or dirty not. memes about flicking your dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta What's give me What's wrong with you? Up. Can't believe your you brain went there. I, I, I used to smoke. I know what you're talking about. Lighters. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just go with that. <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> Only that. Uh, so, anyway, the Cosmic Tuning Fork is there, and it is not operational. Um, Power Girl does not have great memories of that and is not happy they are there, uh, but they have nothing to go on because Damien refuses to tell any of them why they are there. Meanwhile, Red Canary seems to be the only one that notices dark clouds uh, hovering around them, and it is Shadow Demons, I believe, not necessarily last seen, but famously from Crisis on Infinite Earths original. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. So, Power Girl flies Damien up the Cosmic Tuning Fork while the rest do what they can to deal with the Shadow Demons as Damien is doing what he can to make it operational, uh, turns it on, uh, activates a screen that uh, basically he may or may not have communication with one of these apes. It was very vague to me. But basically finds out what he's looking one. for. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Light showcases her power set and how shadow demons are her specialty and vaporizes them away with a blast of light. Power Girl's getting overrun while Damien finds out where it is he needs to go and reveals one part of his master plan where he needs to take control of the Dark Army. Uh, so they gather together uh, just as the Shadow Demons uh, run away but end up creating one giant Shadow Demon being where uh, Dr. Light asks Power Girl to give her some heat vision and she transfer that energy into more light energy which defeats the gigantic shadow demon 
as Sideways opens another uh, portal where they all jump through, and now they are in the House of Heroes in the Bleed, which is obviously disheveled and defunct after the events of, I believe, that was uh, Justice League Infinite Trinity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, specifically the title of. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it is not operational, but Robin turns it on despite the warnings from other people saying maybe there's a reason it's not operational. Uh, Harbinger, uh, the Harbinger systems uh, activate and immediate te- immediately tell Robin to shut them down. Because as that happens, Justice League Incarnate, who have been uh, enslaved by the Great Darkness, have broken through a wall and are now uh, attacking our would-be hero, our would-be team of heroes. And they're trying to break into the Orrery of Worlds, where they, if they succeed in that, they can corrupt uh, the entire multiverse at once with the Great Darkness, and the Great Darkness will essentially have won the day. Uh, so the team does what they can to uh, fight against them, but the Justice League Incarnate proves a little bit too strong, as we see immediately with with a very murderous-looking Captain Carrot chopping <laughs> a bite out of Sideways' shoulder in a gruesome effect that made my childhood scream in pain. Oh my god, that was terrifying. Uh, yeah, but so cool at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, so they eventually get the upper hand. Uh, Dr. Light does some uh, pretty interesting shit, jumping into the Orrery... Oh my god, so hard to say. The Orrery of Worlds. And uh, uh, sees various versions of uh, herself in various Dr. Lights across the multiverse. And uh, returns from the Orrery in a new metallic armor uh, comprised of light. Very reminiscent of the the armor from DC Metal that they got yeah. at the end of that series, uh, and her light powers break the chains of darkness on each member of Justice League Incarnate, uh, so they are now freed, and they all say their apologies and regroup and come up with a plan uh, that they are now going to go after the Great Darkness with their newfound power in Doctor Light and reinforcements of the Justice League Incarnate. Now the most interesting part for me is uh, sideways is a little bit out of juice, so they have no way to really get back safely. But uh, Dr. Multiverse, I think was her name? Dr. Light? No, uh, from the Justice League Incarnate. Oh, yes, Dr. Multiverse. Dr. Multiverse, yeah. It uses her power of multivision to see the variant selves of each person and sees some interesting choices. Different versions of Sideways, different versions of Dr. Light, different versions of Kara Zor-El. Basically one big version of Damian Wayne where his destiny is always to become Batman. And you get a brief tease of different versions of Red Canary, whoever this mystery person is, including uh, a shot of Oliver Queen and Captain Cold duking it out, which is quite interesting. Because what's up with that? Neither of them. You think Red? Are Red oh, never mind. Canary. Red Canary's not a seasoned hero at all. Then. No, Red Canary. At a fleeting. As far as we know, time. Red Canary is a is is a, a new addition, but we don't really know who this is yet. Uh, 
Well, as that happens, apparently that gives Sideways a boost of power, and he opens a portal, so they all fly in to go back to the battle at the Hall of Justice on Earth Zero. And to see more of what Dr. Multiverse saw in Damien, follow Batman vs. Robin, because plot threads. No tease for <laughs> Red Canary, which I think is what I'm most excited about, but... <laughs> We'll get there eventually, I'm sure. But eventually. Maybe in the upcoming Green Arrow series. So, quite honestly, I think this was cool. Uh, you got a look back at Infinite Crisis before the grand finale of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. What does this all mean, though? Uh, is this just for Dr. Light to get a power-up? Was this to bring the JLI back? Uh, is there more to come? Honestly, with the JLI, the JLI back, though, it seems like the heroes have a big win coming in a grand way, and I'm excited about that because I, I really liked the Justice League Incarnate. I thought it was a really cool team. Uh, not just because my childhood hero, Captain Carrot, is on it, but because I like all the characters involved, uh, especially Captain or Dr. Multiverse, I think is really cool. Uh, the art throughout was, was quite good, though when they make the first jump in it is quite jarring to see Damien as a you know 13 14 year old kid and then all of a sudden look like he's 26 it was really really weird um <laughs> whoever was drawing those panels uh, made Damien look way too old uh, apart from that though i thought it was great throughout 8.75 out of 10 i i think this might be the best tie in for dark crisis yet if not the best issue of the entire freaking event. <laughs> um, I mean, you might be, you might be onto something there. I, I, I may have to agree with you. I'm struggling to think of a good issue. Um, I got my problems with this one. Of course, it was re being released out of continuity. Clark already showed up and saved John from Doomsday. So, I mean, that wasn't exactly a surprise what's going to happen there. Um, the introduction of Red Canary is what grabbed me as well, and Sideways showing up. I hope he sticks around. I, again, really like that character. But what a tactical squad. What a, what a team. Robin, Dr. Light, Power Girl, Sideways, and obviously an archer. Um, though she seems rather unimpressive at the start of this, I, I, I would be interested in seeing this little team stick together for a little while. I mean... Yeah. Obviously, it's not going to, but I, I would I would like to see what happens with it because I, I think it could be a fun book, even if it was a short one. Um, on the downside of Red Canary, her saying Holy Crow was just such a groaning, bad joke. I mean, <laughs> Red Canary saying Holy Crow instead of Holy Crap. I mean, come on. But uh, <laughs> seriously, right? Uh, but Dr. Light got all of her powers. Captain Care did not eat anyone. And the team got bigger by way of JLI. Um, all still being led by Damien. Um, weird. Interesting. Looks really good. Still not sold. 7 out of 10. Fair enough. Well, we can't all I be winners, be. but of, <laughs> of a series of losers, this might be the, the biggest one of them all. Yeah. yeah. Can I can't think of one I gave a 7 to. I mean, I'm sure one exists. Not, not yeah. I just remember that, but I don't remember any. <laughs> yeah. 
it's been a bit of a blur of a series to be honest with you we, we have i think two more uh one shots before we get to the big finale near the end of december uh one of which honestly doesn't have much to do with the story going forward because it's it's basically just here's the multiverse and where it stands now uh, but Yay. it kind of fits in with the with the title so we'll see where it goes uh, so that's the end of our spotlight segments. We're going to take a quick little break. Don't touch that dial. Get your hand off the button. Yeah, what he said. Stay tuned. And we're back. Welcome back to the show. I hope that was too hard, painful, difficult. No, you're good. We're going to get into our full reviews now, and we're going to start things off with Deathstroke Inc. number 15, and I'm going to let Josh take us away. Written by Ed Brisson with art from Dexter Soy. That's colored by Veronica Gandini and lettered from Steve Wants and a cover from Mikkel Yanin. And it is, uh, it's really pretty. Cool story. Loved it. I'm just kidding. Uh, Muzzle, <laughs> or as I prefer to call him, Gunboy. <laughs> From the last issue, still has a gun to Wintergreen's head and is forcing them to drive somewhere. Then they get on a plane. Up in the plane, Gunboy says that he doesn't need Wintergreen anymore, so he goes to throw him out of the back of the plane, and naturally Deathstroke has a problem with that, so he stops him. Yeah. Wintergreen then shoots Gunboy, and uh, Deathstroke then pushes him out of the back of the plane. So a uh, high-tech plane lands where the autopilot autopilot was headed and they walk out on to uh, they walk out to meet the man behind it all the one that hired Slade in the first place trying to recruit Slade to his super soldier army where Slade announces that he is not for hire or excuse me that he is for hire and not just a part of a group um, then he goes home and gets greeted with the customary slap across the face from his wife Addie when he walks in uh then there's, uh, there's some smooth talking and some promises, and then we get the inner dialogue about how he needs to keep up this happy family appearance if he's going to be Deathstroke and constantly prove forever to everyone that he is the best. Uh, the, uh, the stepping stones of how shitty of a, of a, of a dad Slade Wilson is. So he loves his family incredibly. He's done nothing but make bad decisions. But uh, Soy fucking Dexter, man. So pretty, and the colors were right on the money, too. Um, damn, uh, Brisson cakewalked this story. Dude, it was so good from start to finish, and I ate it up so easily, man. Uh, awesome time reading this arc, and I could honestly read more, which is kind of weird for me to say because I didn't understand the need for this story when it was announced. I wasn't sure... Uh, I was gonna like it, and I fucking love it, man. I, Deathstroke Inc. number fifteen, nine out of ten. Right on. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, beautiful to look at. Great story, but this didn't quite feel like an ending. At least not the ending I thought we would get. Because I thought we would see more of his origin going forward. Like, uh, you get to see how he lost his eye, if there was a retcon on it, um, more stuff going forward, maybe uh, 
know, there's there's a lot about Deathstroke's past I don't know, but I'm sure there's it has always been explained room in for a sequel. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Maybe a year two could be on the horizon. Uh, who knows? Because I thought I, I don't I even it. know how much of Deathstroke's origin has been told in the past, but if it has, like this could have easily been like a retcon with all the multiverse changes that have happened since then. So mm. either way, I still really enjoyed it. I thought we'd see more, but it you know, leaves the door open for this creative team to come back and give us more later on. So I'm not against that because it was it was really good. Uh, I gave this an 8.75 out of 10. Solid run, solid issue. I I think this is still going. Yes. That's, that, Deathstroke Inc. is still going, right? No. Or Deathstroke Inc. is this arc is now. Yeah. I, but, be- I believe it's continuing past this, yeah. Uh, let me double check because at reading solicits, I don't remember seeing this. <laughs> I could have swore it was going to continue. I thought so too. Let me just double check this because I'm not convinced. I'm hoping it is, and that this isn't just the last issue. Uh, no, there there is no other issue after this. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good place to stop it. Yeah. Obviously, that means uh, Deathstroke isn't going to be showing up for a while after the end of this event. And to be fair, uh, doesn't be look fair. good for him going into the last issue of Dark Crisis. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get it. Well, no, whenever a bad guy swells up like that, it's always going to end badly for him. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see how it ends, though. With with Deathstroke I mean, and Dark Crisis, what Looks what like a it's character with some roid rage? Yeah, really. <laughs> okay, so that was Deathstroke. Uh, not much of a mystery going on there, but we do have a mystery coming up with Detective Comics number ten sixty six, and that is brought to us in the main story, written by Rom V, with pencils from Ivan Reese, inks from Danny Mickey. Uh, colors from Dave Stewart and letters from Ariana Maher with a beautiful cover from Evan Cagle and our backup story with featuring Two-Face part two of three is written by Simon Spurrier with art from Hayden Sherman, colors from Nick Filardi and letters from Steve Wands. Uh, so Bruce is still mm-hmm. resting on the couch uh, at Bullock and Gordon Investigations. He's been passed out for three days uh, and his fever has come down dramatically, or drastically, rather. Uh, and he's, he's come to, his face is bandaged up, because uh, Gordon just didn't really care to, to know Bruce's identity, or Batman's identity, should I say, even though we all thought he already knew, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. That's fine by me. Uh, I guess. Gordon catches Bruce up on what's been going on, uh, as he gets dressed into his Batman clothes as Gordon pours him a drink, and he disappears before he gets to take it. Uh, Batman finishes off by saying, I'm glad you're back, Jim. And Jim just says, that's exactly what I was afraid of. Uh, we then pop over to what Two-Face is up to, where he is dealing with uh, some of his old cohorts who did not know he was back as a crime boss. Uh, and lets his coin do the talking, shoots the guy in the face uh, for not being loyal to the cause, of course. and then has a little bit of internal monologue with himself 
where we find out that it's still Harvey just pretending to be Two-Face, but he's still in control of himself, and the Two-Face persona is locked in his mind, because Two-Face wouldn't be Two-Face without two faces. Why not? I'm all for that still. Uh, yeah, just then... Half face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gale returns, uh, and... Uh, asks for a catch-up on what's been going on, and Harvey gives him the details of the plan going forward and how things are going according to plan, but Gale says he will take care of the rest. Uh, we then pop over to Arkham Asylum. It has been uh, slightly demolished and being is being reconstructed thanks to the Orgums. As they arrive, Bruce is there on site watching the site uh, happen. Uh... As Arzen Orgum, the young Orgum, who is the face of the family currently, uh, sees Bruce Wayne and catches him uh, and introduces himself, saying thank you for everything your family's done for the city. They've been catching up on the Waynes as it goes and is truly grateful for Bruce's uh, contributions to how the city has uh, become. Truly grateful. Uh, Bruce is uh, not 100% sold on it. Okay. I said, you can tell they're very sincere. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Bruce is not 100% sold on this whole idea, especially since he is not really a millionaire anymore, or billionaire. He's not 100% rich, so he, he can't really do much more uh, as he walks away. Uh, the elder Orgrim, I don't quite remember what she was. <laughs> Mother? The elder Orgrim? Matriarch? Something sure. like that. Yeah. Um, gives him uh, a bit of a look with her keen vision uh, and sees something very interesting about Bruce Wayne. Uh, the, the symbol that he could be compared to the symbol they've torn down in Arkham Asylum and how you need to tear things down before you can begin to build it up again. Or, no, sorry, understand how something was built before you can begin to tear it down. Uh, so Bruce is now back as Batman as he uh, uh, scopes out an old defunct power station at the uh, tip of uh, Jim Gordon himself as Jim Gordon is checking out another avenue with some dead bodies. You where know, Bruce finds that while the uh, the power station is not operational. He can smell some fresh oil, so some people have been in and doing something with it. But he also finds it very cold as Mr. Freeze appears being attacked by uh, Gale, who then turns into his werewolf form as an asthma, uh, and Batman then swoops in to get in the way. Uh, but Gale is proving to be too strong for everyone as Mr. Freeze begins to get away and sets off a freeze bomb that freezes Batman in place and he's now a Batsicle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I think has been done many times before. We've also seen every time Batman gets frozen he pushes some button somehow and his, his suit heats up and he melts. He's, he's gonna uh, melt. Yeah, the one difference is the way that this is drawn it it almost looks like he he he's not just encased in ice like usual. He's he's actually he himself has been like frozen. Like yeah. throw throw a screwdriver at him and, and 
dude might fall apart kind of shit. So could just been an art choice, but it does look pretty serious. Yeah. Obviously, it won't be, but hopefully yeah, the story is good. The art is really freaking good. <laughs> yeah. And in I'm our backup. Killer. Oh, yeah. In our two-faced backup, if you can follow along, because uh, I know I really couldn't. It's very confusing and, and very out there. Um, it's more of Harvey dealing with his dual identity as Two-Face, uh, following the uh, mission he's been giving to kill his old uh, psychiatrist. But then uh, Jim Gordon's friend from the first backup, whose name escapes me, uh, is gotten in the way and saved the psychiatrist's life, uh, taken out all of Harvey's goons, and then put his hands on Harvey himself to communicate with Two-Face inside his head uh, where they this is where it gets a little out there, but quite interesting. You see uh, through their communication a time where the persona of Two-Face may or may not have been created when Harvey was a boy and attacked by lost bullies uh, downright cut with knives and bled uh, and when he decided to fight back that's when Two-Face was born at least that's how he took it uh, the whole time uh, Two-Face is still fighting for control and trying to convince Harvey to let him out and uh, take control but Harvey refuses and that is where we end our story to be concluded next issue with part 3 so some interesting developments in this issue. Like I said, the art was fantastic. Uh, Two-Face is going through some shit. I, I don't think he's going to stop anytime <laughs> yeah. soon. He's going through a lot of shit. I, he can't kill that psychiatrist. He needs that psychiatrist. Man's uh, just damn. messed up right now. Um, Batman's in for some shit, too. Like, my goodness. Yeah, he's, 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 he's got his work cut out for him between stuff going on with Barbatos, um, Barbados. How do you, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> I only had this discussion. Barbados. Then I Barbados. I was saying I was saying Barbados earlier. Yeah, like during metal, I thought Barbados. Yeah, that made sense. But then yes. there's an actual like elder god with that name, isn't there? Barbados. Yes. I think is Barbatos. yeah. So I don't know. Uh, then there's the islands, Barbados. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, Barbados. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's it's confusing <laughs> uh, but yeah he's got that stuff going on um, it's it's a lot Bruce has his work cut out for him with this mystery but I am all for it like it's it's a hell of a run so far Rob B is giving us yeah, amazing work in Detective Comics it's an honest to goodness mystery uh, which you need in Detective Comics I've been saying for a long time it, it's called Detective Comics it should be about detective work which we are getting. Uh, so 8.75 out of 10 for this issue. I, I really enjoyed it, and I love the way this book has gone. Yeah. I mean, I'll say it again. Fucking art is killer in this book. It's a it's a good mystery story, and it's interesting. And uh, every issue, things get a little deeper. And uh, both the front and the back stories are done so well. But with Ron V and Simon Spurrier at the helm... You kind of know it's going to be great, especially with the stories at hand that they're dealing with. Um, and I really don't know what else to say. The stories are, are just fantastic. It's just, they're just great. 
what I've wanted in Detective is here, or at least as close as I'm going to get it. It's um, it's right in this arc. I, I gave this a 9 out of 10. solid stuff going on for sure and with uh the oldest issue or the oldest book in dc's catalog out of the way we are then going to take a look at the second oldest book in dc's catalog to top us off and that is action comics number 1049 and josh is going to tell us about that i will there's two stories and i'll tell you about both of them for the low low price of one Written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with Mike Perkins art and colors from Lee Lowridge. Dave Sharp did the lettering and the cover was done by one Steve Beach. The issue starts out with Lex Luthor's holographic projection via neural implant in Metallo's head, telling him uh, what we pretty much already knew at the end of the last issue when Corbin's sister didn't, sh- sh- didn't uh, show up for visitation. We learn here that she's been set up for murder, that she'll be taken care of nicely as long as Metallo plays along, while also telling him that he's in for the upgrade of a lifetime that Lex says will last a lifetime. Meanwhile, the fight is still going on for Clark Clark Bibbo and company against Orion Kalibak and Saad. Things are going... Things are going in the good guy's favor until Osul flies up and is helping the good guys, stops the ceiling from collapsing on a person, and then Desaad zaps him with a magic spell. Then Osul fires back, and Superman has to stop Osul from killing Desaad. Gets damn close to it. Looks like the fire of Ogren has some side effects. After the fight, Superman goes to World World to say goodbye to everyone, and the tears of his name wake up the evil baby in a bottle. The orphan, I believe his name is. Yeah. Creator of the orphan foxes. If I am I if I am I remembering that correctly? I think I remember. I believe you are. We quickly see Corbin breaking out of the prison before we see Luther and Manchester Black of all people talking about Black watching Clark on World World for Lex and how Lex got an unmade and an orphan box out of it. Then Lex electrocutes Black and says that he only needs him alive for just a little while longer. Of course, the art is great in this first part. Uh, Perkins' work is always gorgeous. There's a, there's a lot of threads in this story, uh, feeling set up to be more involved than even Wolf World. That's the way it feels to me anyway. I just can't help but wonder how quickly this will move or be resolved. Um, it's a fantastic issue, though. Definitely pulled all the way into this story. I dug it. Uh, first half, I gave it 9 out of 10. And in the backup, I've got writer Philip Kennedy Johnson again with art from David Laffham, colors Trish Mulvihill, and letters Dave Sharp. It's Taolo's story here as she steps up with Supergirl, whoops on on Shadle, who gets defeated rather easily after he does a little bit of smack talking, maybe a little bit too much smack talking. It ends up with Shadle in prison, then someone teleports in and starts talking to him like he's a damn hero. So that happened. The uh, The story is good here, even if I'm not a huge fan of the art. It's not actually bad, but it's a just not for me kind of thing. I, I just I don't like thick lines. It doesn't hurt the score any. Both parts of this book are great. Just the first one a little more so. I gave the 
back a, a, an 8.5, so um, I'm just keeping it at a 9, man. All three books in the uh, af after the commercial break got a 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> kind of interesting the way that went, because all three books after the commercial break got the same score for me, but it was a quarter point uh, shorter. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll start off that I gave an 8.75 to Action Comics 1049, mostly it didn't get a nine because it, it did feel like a setup issue i think you you did say that that it was a lot of a lot of uh just setting up stuff really yeah, mainly just there. setting up issue 1050 because uh, we're going to see some stuff coming to a head there but still really enjoyable i i thought it was a uh, good art throughout i really enjoyed it uh the stuff in the, the backup i thought was was a nice way to cap things off there Especially with uh, Thou Law seeing where she ends up going forward. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nothing to really uh, dislike. I, I enjoyed it throughout. I, th I think it was a solid issue. It's been a solid run. Very solid run from TKJ. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited for next, uh, next month's 1050 to see what's going to happen. Because I've been uh, talking it up for a few months now. And with the setup we've had in 1049, there's so many different things that could happen. I I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, there's a lot of things just set up in this issue, so it really was a, a setup issue. I'm not against that because it was a good issue. <laughs> so like I said, really 8.75 out of 10. It was a setup issue that offered a whole lot more than just a loose plot with a setup in it. And yeah. Uh, hell yeah, dude. Fantastic book. Action is... Action is easily my best ongoing, my favorite ongoing right now. Which right. feels really weird for me to say, is really weird for me to say about a Superman title. Oh yeah. You never would have you never would have caught me saying that five, ten years ago. No sir. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Okay. Have been in my top three. Well, then. well, with that, let's find out what did make your top three, uh, and why don't you kick us off with that? Because I'm very curious to see what uh, what did make your top three. Uh, it was the last half of the show, man. I gave a uh, a great detective story to uh, to to number three. Detective Comics is just kicking ass. Uh, number two, I, I enjoyed the way that the story came together in Deathstroke, Inc., and um, I'm sad that it's not continuing, uh, at least to give us, you know, if, if for nothing else to give us Deathstroke year two, you know. Uh, and then number one, man, I, I've, I've already expressed the love for it, Action Comics. It just continues to kick ass, and uh, I really love it. And honestly, my favorite moment came from second place, uh, the ending where we see Deathstroke uh, make the choice to fuck up the rest of his and his family's life forever. Uh, yeah. It was it was interesting, not 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 in a funny way. It was just it was interesting to see that actually depicted his 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 actual moment of that decision where he was he was not going to be the kind of man that he wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, very different. Uh, number three, I had DC versus Vampires. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. 
a lot of fun moments with a lot of uh, devastating moments. Uh, number two, oh, I actually had the Dark Army. I, I thought it was really cool um, to have this team, uh, this this team that you'd never think would uh, come together uh, and actually have a, a really enjoyable adventure together. I would and enjoy if one, the Robin team stuck stuck around together, for sure. Yeah, that would be cool. definitely. Uh, number one, I had Detective Comics, number 1066. Uh, for everything I said before, there's a lot of, of great stuff in that issue. Uh, my favorite moments, I didn't really have one until we started recording this episode. Uh, when I thought about it, quite honestly, Captain Carrot biting sideways just sticks out at <laughs> <of> me. <laughs> uh, for, for all the wrong reasons, mind you. Uh, I love That's Captain okay. Carrot and I love Sideways, but seeing them interact just made me giggle a little bit, even though it was horrific. So what can you do? All right, so that was our favorite moment, and now it's time for your favorite moment. It is... The Biggest Thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah, you know it's nasty. You want to know it's nasty, Rob? It's absolutely disgusting. I think I know. You want to know it stinks so bad? I stepped in a big-ass pile of Tim Drake. Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> is an atrocity. Uh, yeah. It, the the art and the story is just bad. It's just bad, bad. It's it's um it's actually bad, bad, bad. So uh, quit doing it and do something else. Thank you. Yeah. I see my time. <laughs> yeah, quite honestly, uh, it's right there with with you. Uh, Tim Drake Robin made the stink list for no surprise. I think given the scores we gave it. Uh, what can you do except maybe write a better book I don't know that sounds so catty but <laughs> come on <laughs> I, mean, just, I mean if, if you're going to write a character catty, that I exists and has been around how for I sounded, decades Jesus if, if you're going to write a book about a character that's been around for some decades give it some research you know Look, Ben, before you hand over fan favorites, make sure the motherfuckers have at least attended something like Scott Snyder's Substack classes or something. (laughs) These, obviously, the the decisions being made by Megan Fitzmartin and the majority of the books that she's attached to are all bad. And I'm not just attacking her uh, as a person. I've got no reason to dislike her. I'm sure she is great. I just have not liked anything she's done. And like Riley Rosmo, I just keep saying, seeing her name pop up more and more and more. So yay! (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Well, uh, I guess with that, uh, yeah, what else is there to say? Uh, so that's our show yeah uh remember you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash nar podcast and check us out on twitter at not a robot comics subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews articles and more we're on all sorts of social media right now you can find us almost anywhere uh and as always there's only one way we say goodbye around here until next time good to each other and don't <laughs>